You're listening to Skyhawk After Dark Welcome to the Hanky Panky Podcast with your host, Coraline Jewell, a number one international best-selling author, director, porn star, swing club owner, and lifestyle coach. We'll delve into all topics related to the adult industry. Everything from porn, panty selling, custom orders, webcamming, swinging, BDSM community, polyamorous lifestyle, and more. Intrigued? Curious? Coraline is an open book and will share her experiences and knowledge in the world of sex. Let's welcome your host, Coraline Jewell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hanky Panky Podcast, hosted by myself, Coraline Jewell. We have a really cool guest in the house today. I say in the house because I have my podcast studio now in my house. You guys know that. So um, now we've got a studio in Los Angeles. We've got a studio down in San Diego, and then we've got my place as well. So I am reaching out left and right and always trying to grab unique and different guests to join us. Before we get started on letting you guys know who I have today, always a shout out to Skyhawk After Dark Radio for airing us on their network. And Full Swap Radio airs us twice a day, 12 p.m. and again on 8 p.m. every Friday. You can also find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Um, Google, all that good stuff. When you guys go to my website, the Hanky Panky Podcast, H-A-N-K-I-E-P-A-N-K-I-E podcast.com. Don't forget to take a look at the blog that correlates with my guest for every week that we have on. And if you guys go to YouTube or any of the other networks to listen, please rate, rate, rate. I'm going to say it like 10 times throughout the the show today. Um, And then let's see, we've got some sponsors. We keep on getting new sponsors jumping on board, which is super, super awesome. So shout out to our biggest sponsor, which is Schizo Kitty Adult Lingerie Store in uh, Palm Springs, La Quinta, California. And they actually won AVN Boutique of the Year uh, two years back because AVN just uh, skipped the last year. And we also have Cassidy, SLS, SDC, and Lifestyle Lounge, and Playhouse, all swinger apps and websites that you guys can get free memberships to, along with Teddy Love Official and another adult store in New York, where any of these things, if you guys go to our website and you click sponsors, this is what I've negotiated is that I'm getting you guys discounts to take a look at their products and join their websites and have a trial basis. All right. No more. Let's get started. All right, you guys. My guest today I found on uh, Facebook. You guys love how I always tell you that. I, I live on Facebook. And um, I always go to the different podcast groups and join the groups and look for new and interesting guests. So I'm going to see if I can say this right. But before I tell you who her name, she is an entrepreneur. She has a degree in political science. She's going back to get her master's. She has studied at six other different universities. She's a published author and um, a mother of two like me. We have a lot in common. And so I'd like to introduce you guys to Bobby Bidochka. Hi, welcome, Bobby. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm super excited today. So we, just to let my listeners know, um, you know, you gave me a link to your media kit, which I read through. And then a lot of like, there's so many things, so many questions I have, but I started to ask you and then I was like, no, no. Press, press record. Don't ask yet. So let's go back to a little bit, because the first thing I did ask you is I said the last name, Bidochka, and you said that you have a Ukrainian father, but you are from Canada. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Born, born and raised. raised? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um. So during your childhood and growing up, do you remember was sexuality talked about in the home? Was it frowned upon? Nudity? Was religion forced? Anything like that? Like, what was your childhood like growing up? Um. It was definitely not spoken about. Um. But actually. And I don't remember there any be any kind of like body shaming or anything like that, but certainly, you know, I also don't recall people, you know, walking around naked too much, but um, I did find my dad's box of porn magazines when I was very young, around five Ooh. or so. Oh my and God. I remember looking at them and thinking um, like, wow, these women are so beautiful because they have really pretty nails and really pretty faces and I even took it over to my neighbor's house, this one. I'm like, look at this. And I, I really didn't like, I didn't think it was so wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was like, I, I want to be that one day. And I was just so like, I just thought they were so beautiful. Did you ever ask your dad or mom, like, look what I found or what is this? Or no. did you look at him and put him away? Oh, so yeah, you, totally. Like, yeah. You see, even as a five-year-old, even as a five-year-old, it was already kind of instilled in your brain that this was a hidden item, right? Well, it was hidden. I was a ransacker. So like I'd ransack the house and I found the box and yeah. And then one day, and then I remember a couple of years later, my brother and I, so my parents got divorced. And my dad had a couple porn VHSs. We didn't really know what they were. Right. Um, but, but we put that, we were pretty sure like this might be something, um, put them in. And that's when I saw people actually fucking, I'm like, oh my God. So that's how, because in the magazines, there's no motion, right? So I don't right. know what you're doing. And they're like, oh, my God, you got to go in and out. Okay. How do you remember how old you were when you found those? Yeah, probably around eight. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because I look back on my childhood and I really I never found any magazines or adult toys. I do remember um, my parents got divorced when I was six. My brother was two. And I remember um, hearing my mom at that time. I thought she was screaming. And now I know she was orgasming. But <laughs> I remember walking into the room. They didn't lock the master. And I walked in and I screamed, get off my mom, get off my mom. And then I called my dad and I said, you know, mom is getting hurt. Mom is getting hurt. So oh. I remember that. But that's that's my childhood memory. Um, how old were you when your parents got divorced? Uh, I was around eight as well. Yeah. We have a but lot I mean, in common. Yes, we do. Really but cool. also, I was like the only... I was the only blonde girl, like as far as I could see in the neighborhood. So also like all the boys were showing me theirs. <gasps> I had my first kiss when I was six. Like I was early. I, I, oh my God, I early that's crazy. Here. That yeah. is insane. Okay. So now growing up, I'm assuming your parents got divorced, but they both raised you like shared custody. Well, kind of. Yeah. Like dad on the weekends kind of thing. Okay. So now when you, as a, but as a child now coming into puberty and stuff like that, could you talk to mom or dad about it? Could you talk about sex or birth control or just no? Um, it, it's not that I couldn't, I just didn't. You didn't. Um, although, uh, you know, when I got to be around 14, 15, my parents realized that I'm sexually active and they're like, well, we better get you on the pill. Okay. Um, so then off we went. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. That's good. Cause I'm, that's one of the things I try to encourage my listeners that have kids out there is that we all know they're going to be sexually active, you know? And so we need to give them a place to come that's safe to say, you know, I'm, I've started to be sexually active and how do I, 
um, get birth control or, you know, they're too embarrassed to go buy condoms, stuff like that. I'm the yeah. funniest mom around here because I my, my son's got a girlfriend. They've been together a year. And I just said to him, I said, here's condoms and let me take her to get birth control or call her parents. And he's like, no, she says it'll make her fat. And I'm like, then you can't have sex. Like, I do not need to try. So pregnancy will make her fat and moody, too, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, so so growing up, decent childhood, go on to college and then you started to work in, you know, the in the field of tech, I think you said, right? Do a bunch of different things. Yeah. I mean, early on, I'm, I work in tech now, but I mean, that was, you know, 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> so, you don't you know, look I, it. My God. <laughs> um, so what, let's start, let's just go straight to where, when in your career or in your life, did you feel the need to work on your book and tell us a little bit about what, what is your book called? What it is about and how it all came about? So the book is called Sexual Intelligence in Business, and um, I wrote it because kind of after the Me Too movement, like I'm, I'm trying to build a business in male-dominated sector, which is most sectors, and to be honest, but, um, and uh, I was just noticing that after Me Too, that there was, um, and I'm not, I'm not slamming Me Too, like it had, it had a very important role um, mm-hmm. in, in our society today, but it also started to kind of impede the environment. Like people were a bit walking on eggshells, you know, I don't know what I could say to you now. I don't know how to behave. Exactly. Um, can, you know, there was like in the U.S. there's something called the Mike Pence rule. Like you can't yeah. be like. Uh, going to parties and drinking and you can't be sitting together on the airplane and you can't have the hotel on the same floor just etc cetera, etc cetera. like all of these you know there needs to be a third party present in the meeting companies were starting to get reluctant to hire women because they're like wow exactly go. because we're such a i don't know i don't know how canada is but america is such a sue happy country i don't know if you guys are the same but every, every everything here is like you know you, you can get sued so I can see why companies would be like, forget this. I'm just going to not hire women because, you know, or whatever, or it's a nightmare. Is it the same in Canada? Do people sue um, for everything? You can't. No, uh, you can't really sue the way you can in the U.S. It's, but even if you can't sue, it only takes the claim and, and it, to hit the media for it to kind of ruin a company, right? So, right, or, um, ruin, or ruin somebody's someone, life. Yeah, ruin their career, whether, I mean, sometimes they deserve it and other times not. Um, and so it just became very, like, I felt a bit restricted in me. I'm very clearly, I'm very open with my sexuality. I don't hide it. Um, I embrace it. You know, I like flirting um, and, and people like to be flirted with and all of this. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem for me. Um, and, and also it's like, you can't shut down people's sexuality like people meet it statistically speaking more than half of people meet their like their spouse or their date or a lover at work and in business because you spend so much time there right you can't erase this from the workplace so what do we do Right. And then you feel like you're walking around in the workplace on eggshells. I mean, I got fired. I got fired for a company in North Carolina. I was uh, working for a um, uh, modular, uh, superior modular uh, fiber optic network company. And um, the my boss would it was in her office and she had to run to the restroom and her boss called and I answered and I said, sweetie, she'll be right back. She just ran to the restroom and I got fired for sweetie. She'll be right back. No. And that's how I talk to people. It wasn't a disrespectful. Um, I didn't want to call her ma'am. 
you know? So I just said, oh, sweetie, she just ran to the restroom. She'll be right back and I'll have her come on up. And she said to me in my office now, and I went up and they fired me for calling her sweetie and said it was disrespectful. That's how ridiculous. That's how ridiculous it is, right? Yeah, exactly. So I wrote the book. um, That was the impetus. But um, I also realized in doing the research and in in exploring this more more deeply that I, I do have a sexual energy that I actually use and capitalize in my business. And I'm like, I've, and I, I realized that I've been doing that for, you know, 20 plus years and a, I didn't want that to stop. And B okay. I'm like, this is, this is something that people can actually tap into instead of, and as, as long as we can figure out how to do that in, in a, in a respectful consensual framework, then actually this, a sex positive workplace relations might actually reduce sexual harassment cases. Aha. Okay. How long did the book take to write? Two years. Two Two years. years. You did better than me. Mine took four, but that's because I let somebody start it for me and I had to finish it. Um, (laughs) Okay. So you come up with this kind of, you know, your idea and your thoughts about how maybe you can help. And then you do your research and tell, tell us like, as a reader in the book, what is it for men and women? And what is the point we're trying to get across where we can have a sex positive workplace, but still not overstep boundaries? Yes, exactly. So I, I kind of started with a bit of a, a, a history. And that was more for I mean, there's a there's a men assume that all women know everything about feminist movements and women's movements and history. And that's just not the case. Right. So right. everybody kind of needs to get brought up to speed about, you know, where we were and kind of where we are now at a very high level. Okay. Um, and then um, I kind of get into, um, uh, you know, what is the, the state of the situation in workplaces? Um, certain things like how HR is actually not positioned to help employees. They are actually supposed to help the, the company. The company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, going to, to them for sexual harassment issues is not, may not be the best thing and they admit that or that they they don't have the solutions for it um i also talk about you know um the neuroscience of sex and how you can actually um channel um your sexual energy how you can trigger more sexual energy and like channel it into your business and be more effective more creative more get into like a flow state um then i talk about like how sex and negotiation and gender negotiation how that how that can be improved. Okay. Um, I talk about, you know, the whole femme fatale, like how we, we sexualize women's bodies in a way that makes them feel like, well, it's either I have to completely cover up or I'm manipulating. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Because uh, that's interesting. You say that a lot of times, um, um, I've noticed, at least for me, in if you know, like I used to work at the Better Business Bureau and like in a corporate environment, and I've noticed that I'm I'm a big chested woman. And so um I've noticed that the woman the women are kind of like jealous of me a little bit, and the men um kind of downplay talk to me because they don't think that I have the educational level to be where I'm at. I don't know if that makes sense, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was uh, every morning was a dilemma in my head how do you dress today what do you got to cover up but can't be too tight you know what I mean and and I also feel like um then you're not happy you're not happy in the workplace because if you can't be you right yeah which is a lot of which is a lot of what my book was about and my podcast and my documentary that I'm working on and my blog entries and stuff like that is about encouraging my listeners to stop 
living your life for somebody else because you only have one. So live it for you and be you and be proud of who you are. And when you are happy mentally, physically, sexually, financially, you are going to give better to your company and your career and your friends and your family in general, right? Exactly. And I'm also talking a little bit about identity. Um, you know, men right now are really, as, as we dethrone men, you know, there's now some identity issues like, who am I? If I'm not the man and I'm not the breadwinner, who am I? Yeah. Um, and if I'm not this traditionally masculine guy, what, you know, what, do, what do I do with like, who am I then? Um, and then there's also a lot of man blaming and slut shaming. And I really, I'm, I just want to also try to mitigate those because I know just too many good men. I know so many good men that yeah. would never dream of sexually harassing a woman. Like it's right. not even, we kind of say all men, like as if, Oh no, I mean, I agree with you. Looking over our shoulder, like, yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent on that. I mean, most, um, most men that I talk to, uh, for I'll just give you one example. I was my, my social media manager actually sent me a text the other day and he said, I'm going to be off the um, grid for a little bit. My friend's husband just beat her up. And so I'm helping her with restraining orders. And he said to me, I just don't know how a man can raise his hands to a woman and how a woman can raise her hands to a man, honestly, because it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Right. It goes both ways. That's yeah. interesting. Um, huh. OK, I like this. I like this book. We should, we, we're, you and I are going to have so much fun when we finally meet. Let me tell you. Okay. So uh, let's see. I was going to, I'm looking through some of my questions here. Um, okay. You say something about um, thinking, are people ready to flip the script on sex and then use their sexual intelligence and business to boost their careers? So does that mean, give me a, I mean, I take that as, um, men have to demasculinate a little bit and women have to be stronger or am I taking that the wrong way? Um, I, I guess it's, here's the thing about all of this is it's very customized, right? There's no like one silver bullet solution that's going to work for all men or all women or of course everybody. not. Um, of course not. So, so there's that. Um, but definitely women, um, there's something that's sort of a, a narrative that women aren't confident and that women are afraid to speak up. Um, and I can't, I, I can't figure out if that's actually true or it's just true because we're told that that's the case. Well, again, um, we look, we look back at how, when, how we were brought up. Right. So even though I was brought up to be a strong, you know, a strong independent woman, um, I was still, you know, I, I can't remember how many times I would leave the house and my father would tell me that, you know, you look like a slut or you look like a whore and get back in here and put on a longer skirt. And that just made me defy more and roll up my little clothes and put them in my backpack and then go change in the bathroom at school and then change before I came home. Um, but yeah, so, you know, even though I was strong, right, I still cowered to that and listened to that, you know, yeah. that makes sense. That's interesting. So it's just a matter of we need to arm women with the tools of, how, how to become more confident and how to um, speak up and, and, and create your boundaries. Right. So, so, so that's key. Number one. Okay. Um, women need to learn how to own your body, make your boundaries, um, demand consent in a way that, you know, um, you, you want to send a message. Like there there's, I, I send a clear message to people uh, what I'm about. I let you know immediately I'm okay with sex jokes. I'm okay with this. Here's what I'm not okay with. Um, 
So you don't have to spend five minutes with me. You're going to figure out what I'm okay with. I love it. I purposely communicate that to people so they know where to go with me. I Um, love it. We don't do that enough, right? Because that will help people. Because some people are like, I'm not, I don't want to do any of that. It just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like touching. I don't like any sweet words. Please no flirting, kind of all that. You don't need to be as explicit, but you do need to communicate that to people in some way that's effective. Right, right. Are you married by any chance or not? Are you married? Okay. I was going to say, um, you know, so for, for, uh, you know, for me, when I, when I got divorced and then, um, you know, I'm in the adult industry, but I do a bunch of other things as well, but trying to get back into the dating market was very difficult for me because, um, either I dated somebody, what we would call in the vanilla world, who says that they will accept my lifestyle as a swing club owner and, um, an adult performer, but then ultimately there's that jealousy. So as I started to continue date getting, you know, 10 years into it. I'll never forget that the, the, the boyfriend that actually lasts the longest, the three-year boyfriend um, met him for a drink. And within five minutes, I just said, listen, I said, I'm tired. I'm tired of dating. I'm tired of giving my heart. And three months later, you tell me to get out of my industry. So here's the deal. I have a cat. I have two kids. I run a swingers club. I'm a porn star. I worked at a brothel. I have a college degree. I'm from South Africa. I was Olympic figure skater and I own my own home and I'm not in debt and I have my own car. Do you still want to date? Yes or no? Because I can buy my own drink. Like that's kind of where I was at, you know, because enough's enough, enough games, right? Exactly. And when you send that message, when you send a strong message, it gets, it gets listened to Mm -hmm. and it really does. And then uh, at the same time, um, you know, on both sides, we need to learn how to um, tell people when um, we don't like something. So I do it with a smile, but it's very effective. If somebody asks me out and I'm not interested, I make it very clear that I'm not interested, um, but I do it in a respectful way. But I say you have to, there's, and it's just something that I've always done by nature, but I know what I know for sure is that when we have training and we have practice, um, and it makes we're it easier. words, the words, here's the tools in this situation. You can say this in that situation. You can say that exactly. um, then people are feel armed, right? Yeah, it's exactly what I so I, I do coaching for lifestyle couples. And, um, you know, I'll have couples that have been together 30 years and get into this lifestyle or two years. And um, we in our sessions, that's exactly what we do is we go through scenarios of being in a lifestyle situation that one or the other is uncomfortable and how you approach it. Because a lot of people in the lifestyle, when they get into a situation where they are maybe about to play with another couple and maybe they're not feeling it or one of them's not, they don't know how to back out without hurting the feelings. And so that's exactly what we do. We practice the different scenarios and how do you politely communicate and say, thank you, but we made a mistake and we're not ready. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so that's, I love that. That's really cool. And you do have to practice. Like you literally have to have the words come out your mouth in practice. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, this, it's the same with, it's the same with anything. I mean, with doing my podcasts, when I first started my podcast, I'd be like, welcome to the bl- uh, Okay. You know, cause you're not, you have to practice it. You have to get used to it. Okay. You talk about erotic capital and how to use sexual, uh, what is that? Transmutation. Transmutation. That's a big word. Okay. Mm. So tell us about that. So this is, so erotic capital, um, sexual energy, sexual transmutation. These are all terms for a very similar concept, which is that you have your own, you have your sexuality, and you can get triggered. So, and it can be anything from, I, I'm looking at pictures, I'm thinking erotic thoughts, 
I'm flirting, I'm kissing, I'm fucking whatever. Okay. It doesn't even matter. Um, it's kind of like whatever gets you going, you have to figure out what, what is yours. Um, and it, I mean, you know what it feels like when you're crushing on someone, right? The feelings are like, it's right, just the chemicals in the brain. Yeah. But it's just chemicals in the brain, right? Mm-hmm. So you can trigger these chemicals in the brain and it's very much like runner's high um, or um, it just puts more gas in the tank, right? Um, and what people have to do is start paying attention to those feelings. To those triggers. Um, to okay. those triggers. And then you know how, when you feel that feeling, you can actually, it's almost like when you focus on it, it stays longer. Um, and then when you, when you start working on a project or writing or, you know, doing a film or right, whatever, whatever it, is, it is, it will give you that extra gas in the tank. So transmutation means that you're transferring that energy outward to something else non-sexual okay I like that well I mean again it goes back to right if you are in a euphoric feeling right and you are in a happy state you are going to be more productive in your everyday life and what you're doing if you're depressed you are not going to eat healthy you are not going to work out you know same thing Mm -hmm. um and same with the community you know and then always everything that I always do in all my interviews always goes back to the communication you know communication with your partner communication in your workplace communication with your family um my biggest thing for me um was when I wrote the book it was a sense of this weight off my shoulders of finally I can come clean to everyone around me my friends my community my children my family and you either accept me and accept the direction I've taken my career or you don't and it's so Mm -hmm. sad that um you know my dad found out about the lifestyle five years ago I'm sorry about this lifestyle and about my adult industry work. And then when I, when COVID hit, he said to me, how are you doing? And I said, well, it gave me a chance to do my book and publish my book. And he goes, what book? And I go, I'm publishing a book. And he goes, that's funny. And I was like, okay, well I am. And then I never said anything again. And now he's, you know, so it's, it's so frustrating to me because here I am trying to teach people for acceptance and, you know, that sex is okay. And being a positive person and sexual is fine and healthy and it's good for you and accept people for it. And yet my own father is still not accepting, but anyways, <laughs> what can yeah, we do? Right? I mean, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, he's got his own, it's his own thing that he doesn't accept for himself. I don't, it's not really about you. It's about, I think, you know, the way I look at it, the way I look at it is I think that um, a lot, you know, no, if you, if we look at it this way, no parent, right. says, Oh, I hope my child grows up to be a porn star and fucks for a living. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) And so, you know, when you're daddy's little girl, and then I think maybe he has some regrets that he feels like he went wrong with me somewhere, but that wasn't the case. I mean, when people read my book, they can see how, how things fell into place to take me to where I am today and how it's now reverting me back around. So it's really just about being positive with who you are and open and communicate. Um, when did your book publish? When did you release the book? January, uh, uh, end of January, I think February 1st. Okay. Actually. So January, February, March, April, May. So it's been out for five months and have yeah. you, have you done an audio version yet or just Amazon? No, it's just on Amazon and, and Indigo, um, which is another book, um, book company in North America. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm also starting the second book. Um, so I'm trying, trying, yeah, to get, get that done and, um, you know, run, do my job, run a side business. So yeah, I'm just kind of letting her, letting her roll. Um, how, 
uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, crap. I was going to ask you, did you release the books five months ago? Oh, did you self-publish? That's what I was going to ask you. It's like a hybrid. So I had help. Um, okay. I like it's they're not an institutional publisher. Um, but yeah, without them, I would not have been able to to do it. Do it yeah, like, I'm oh also God. very I'm so thankful to my publisher. It was just the craziest like th- way of how I met her and um, how amazing she was to, you know, help me. But now I'm going on to my second book like you. And I was curious about self-publishing. Do you have kids at home in all of this or no? Yeah, I do. Uh, six and eight. So they're. they're oh, you got little ones. Yeah, they're so crazy. <laughs> I know. I was um I was doing a podcast interview this morning and I was telling him, you know, I mean, he already knows, but the book working on the second book, the podcast, the blogs. Um, I'm a wedding planner. I run a swingers club. I still shoot in the industry. I'm a model. I run a talent agency. I just developed an adult lifestyle swingers game and I'm working on my CBD loop and my second book and a documentary and two kids. Try I that. love it. Finally, right? like, because I got a list like this. People are like, do you ever sleep? I'm like, yeah, yep. I sleep, of course. But, you know, you just keep. You just keep powering at it. And it just shows, you it, know, yeah. the, the power of, well, you got to go, you got to dig deep inside, you know, and that's yeah. what we want our listeners yeah. to know. And it's nice for them to see someone like you who, um, you know, saw the need for a book like this to be written. So what is the second book? What's our goal with the second book? What, what else are you trying Mm -hmm. to add? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just want to add though, that I wouldn't be able to do it if I was not having my sexual energy. Like this has been, like I say, it's gas in the tank and I'm living it. Oh yeah. Um, a hundred percent. Um, the second book is, um, the working title is the first time. Um, so I'm actually interviewing um, as many different types of people as I can about their first time, their early sexual experiences and how, how those um, sort of shape and inform or determine your sexual trajectory. And then, you know, later on in life, looking back, how, how, how did that affect certain things? And what I'm actually, it's fascinating the interviews that I'm doing. Love and this idea how this actually, how your early sexual experiences um, integrate into other parts of your life. Like it's not just about sex all the way. It, it, it branches out into other parts of your life. So I have a question. Okay. So, so far, how many people have you interviewed? And then I'll go to my next part. Oh gosh, maybe 20. Okay. I was going to say at least like 20. So would you say that out of these 20, the people that would describe to you a very monotone, um, you know, missionary first sexual experience years later, whether they're married or in a relationship, have they maintained that shyness or have they opened up to experience other things sexually from so far from talking to people? To be honest, I haven't had that case yet. Everybody's got an interesting story. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So, but I do, I mean, I, I want to hear all stories. Um, I, you know, there's some that are also traumatic. Um, yeah. You know, there's been abuse, there's rape, there's incest, um, um, all of that. And I, I want a, a, a huge spectrum. So if any of your Good. listeners want to be interviewed, please. Yes, I'm going to make sure that we let them know how to find you and everything. But I love that. I mean, um, the good thing about what you're hearing so far then in your research is that we've come a long way with people being more open to try you know, other sexual things, you know what I mean? So um, swinging, polyamory, consensual non-monogamy, a fetish, a role play, you know? Um, 
I don't think, I mean, I wonder, I, I guess I could ask my parents, but I wonder if they ever did like that little role, you know, a role play game in the bedroom, you know, to, to spice up their sex life or if it was just monotone and boring. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think probably there was a turning point, right. I would say in, in the maybe late 17th, early 18th century where people okay. started to shift into um, you know, as, as arts and different writers um, were starting to proliferate, um, you know, underground started to happen. Yeah. And then as soon as you get into the early 1900s, you have the flapper girls. Um, and so there's, there was like a shift between say the thirties and the fifties um, from super ultra religious, like must be only during marriage. Right. Kind of stuff, right. Which would have been not everybody, the majority over so, to a lot different experiences in the last 60, 70 years. But you know, what's, you know, what's so amazing to me is we sit here and we discuss this and we talk about, hold on, we don't want to lose our core recordings here. Things are falling off the table. As we sit here and we talk about um, how we've made so much progress in more accepting, right? So um, binary and you know, the LGBTQ community and, um, uh, and you know, swingers and all that kind of different stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. And we've made so much progress and there's, there's, there's websites now and there's podcasts now and there's mm-hmm. blogs and mm-hmm. places that you can go to help. And yet, and yet, this is the biggest, the, the most significant time that I've seen for me um, where uh, social media, um, where like everything is so hush hush. So example, the Hanky Panky podcast is on Instagram. And because I used the words that we are a sex positive in, um, podcast, they took us down. And so that's a major step back. It's a huge step back. And we see, you know, profiles being taken down left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so it's like, I feel like we're making progress on one end with making people open their minds to try new yeah. things. I can't tell you how many web customers or web clients I have that will contact me and say, am I the only one that wants to do this fetish with you? Am I, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, you have lost oh. your mind. I've got thousands yeah. of you. You have yeah. millions. They, they, they at the individual level, we have advanced. As soon as social media became, you know, quite large, um, and the regulations came in mm-hmm. because it's just too hard. So I'm, I'm not sympathetic to the regulations at all, but it's too difficult. There's too much, and and in order to monitor in order for the AI or the computers to monitor, mm-hmm. they really can't tell the difference between someone who's doing something nefarious, which is all, right. too often the case, um, versus all the rest of us who are doing sexual wellness, sexual education, like all yes. this positive stuff. It's the computer can't tell the difference between yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, if um, you look on Facebook and you say you want to post an ad, it specifically says you cannot... Um, you can't talk about adult toys. You can't talk about lubricants. You can't promote condoms. What the hell is happening? And to me, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I had to change my book cover. Actually, the the book cover that I have now is not the original because Amazon wouldn't let me advertise. So I had to change my book cover. Are you serious? Please. I would love to see what the other cover was. I recently had, um, on the, sh- on the show, um, Jane Boone, she's also an author and she wrote a book called edge play and hers was all about, um, learning about the dominatrix world and the dungeons and how that whole world works. And her book cover is like a leather skirt with like a boot or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. 
It's yeah. crazy. It's and like you're walking on eggshells. The regulations that they have are, um, they're really, they're all about the feminine body. So it's, it's not about male sexuality at all. Like oh, you can have I agree with a you man naked in underwear, all buff on the cover, mm-hmm. you know, but it's on the romance novels and all that. Not a problem. Yep. If, if I show my shoulder here, yeah, it's yeah, over exactly. on Amazon. You're done. Yeah. And well, that's the same. I mean, that's the same on Instagram and TikTok, all of these, you know, they're just, they're really like, you know, honing down. And I think it's making it a lot of people in um, the sexual positive world, lifestyle clubs, um, podcasts, bloggers, whatever it may be, therapists um, are really having a hard time getting their message across because we, you yeah. know, we, we get our... Yeah our clients, our listeners and our followers from um, social media. And yet I have to walk on eggshells every time I post anything, even though there's no nudity, but I can scroll through Instagram and I can see a naked man's ass. No problem. Buy a tree. Why is that? Well, um, the research shows that the, the decisions of a few handful of social media platforms are not reflective of um, human interest in sex. Um, So there it's just, we got to find a different Mickey Lynn. Mickey Lynn is an Mickey Lynn is an adult porn star as well. She uh, got in at 19. So she's about to do her 30 year tour. And her and I were talking about, you know, um, how 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 the industry has changed so much, because when she was in the industry, there was no social media. OK, so mm-hmm. you had an agent and your agent got you jobs and those went into DVDs and those got sold. And that's how you got your fans. Right. And then you would do yeah. magazines and stuff like that. And now how do you get your fans, the Internet, in Twitter, Instagram and the regulations are just getting that. Um, I mean, I, every day I feel like, oh, my God, did they, did they cancel it? And you put so much energy yeah. and effort and work into them as well, which is so frustrating mm-hmm. to me. So, mm-hmm. OK, we have to solve this problem next. You and I, you, me and Mickey are on this. Huh. Nice. Yeah. OK, so we've got another book coming out. And uh, what are your future goals? Are you wanting to travel and do seminars and talk stuff like that? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, let's pretend COVID is not happening. I would love to be going book tours and doing podcasts in person. And we should doing, go you know, <laughs> We should do speaking should. things. I want to go to all the AVN and the ASN and all the expos. I want to go to make friends with everybody in the entire um, industry. But I also, um, I'm actually trying to develop a training program for C-suite and corporates. So okay. that to get them training. Um, I can't call it sex positive training because that will scare people. But yes. what I can call it is, you know, workplace relations. Um, I, because I have, I have a model that I believe will reduce sexual harassment by educating um, people. And so I, there's, I have a whole training program in mind oh, and I'm just trying to get that on paper and gather okay. up all the right people. But C-suite individuals also need not coaching, um, but they need someone um, to let them know what's what. Like if if they need to get sort of one of, they're the ones that have the most to lose um, yes. if something goes wrong, right? And exactly. so they need, I feel like, really tailored training. And it's not just about changing behavior. It's about changing minds. Um, yes. Because once you change people's minds, then they don't need the training anymore. It just happens automatically. You just you just nailed it. It's not changing the behavior. You've got to change the mind. And that's in everything that we do. The mind needs to accept the behavior. 
right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, when we're done with our podcast, I'm going to send you some dates for all those shows because I'm going to be going to all of them and doing book signings and seminars. And I would love a travel partner. And then I can bring you up on there with me. That would be amazing. Will your husband, will your husband let you go with me? He can come. And then I'll bring my man. He doesn't have to let me and he do anything. Ah, I do what I want. Girl, <laughs> I love it. I love it. He um, stays okay, home so with the kids. There you, oh, yeah, that's right. You got the little ones. Are they boys or girls? Mm. Are your kids boys Ready. or girls? Oh, you got one Ready. of each. I got two boys. So, which I always say to myself, thank God, because if I had a daughter, she'd end up like me and I'm a disaster. <laughs> she oh can only be God. so lucky. Right. Well, what a, that's such an amazing story. Okay. So let's see now the guests um, and my listeners can find you on sexual intelligence business.com. Just how it sounds. Right. Sexual intelligence in business, in business, sexual Mm -hmm. intelligence in business. And we will make sure that we put this up on our page as well. When we put you up on YouTube and our website and then your social media, like your Twitter and Instagram, are those just your name or where would they find those? I do. I have both. So, um, well, on Twitter, it's just me at Bobby Badochka. Okay, I'm gonna um, put it all up there. I'm the only one in the world, so it's. it's I know I found you wrong. pretty fast. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we'll make sure that we put all of that up there, and then we'll bring you back when the second book comes out. But before that, you and I are going to do some behind the scenes of going to these different. Sh- we'll do 2021 tour together. That would be so much fun. I would love that. Love it. I yeah, just got an email, just got an email today that the Exoticas are up and ready to go. So it's Chicago, Houston, um, Miami, and I think Washington. I think I might've said that wrong. And then Dan, don't get mad at me. I'm not quoting. Okay. Not positive, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to be going to all of those and then the AVNs and we will definitely um, try to do some work together and see what we can do. Change one mind at a time. Changing one mind at a time. One mind at a time. You were such an amazing guest, Bobby. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. I will definitely get all the information out there on you and to my listeners. um, Make sure that you guys go to my website and you'll be able to see the links to get the book. And it is on Amazon as well, which again is Sexual Intelligence in Business. That's the name of the book. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys make sure that you guys rate, follow, and stay tuned next week. I think I have... Oh, I have Red B. King. He is a actor um, from Chicago, and he's going to share with us the different side of being an actor in mainstream versus being an actor in the adult industry and how there are actually a lot of similarities. So I'm excited for that one as well. Thank you so much, Bobby, for being on the show. And you guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Hanky Panky Podcast with your host, Coraline Jewell. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Hanky Panky Podcast. Join us next time for another edition of the Hanky Panky Podcast. And remember, always be true to yourself.